Thank you so much for tuning in today. It is an honor to come into your home or your car, wherever you may be watching or listening to this message. My name is Chris Montgomery, and I'm the pastor here at Fraser Church in Montgomery, Alabama. Today, I'm in the atrium once again uh, here, but behind me is the kids' area, the kids' check-in area. And I know that we're all looking forward to getting back, and I know the kids are, getting back to be able to worship together, and hopefully we can do that very soon. Please continue to watch uh, the Fraser website as well as the Fraser app. And if you don't have that, please get that for the most up-to-date information. Now, if you would, please grab your Bible uh, wherever you may be. If you have one, and turn to Mark chapter 4. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. The verses are going to appear on the screen in front of you. If you would, please, too, grab a notebook and a pen and maybe jot down some notes as we go through this message. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you in this moment, and we are so thankful because we believe today you have a word for us. And so, Lord, would you open our mind, open our eyes, open our hearts that we may receive what you have to say today. We pray this in Jesus' good and powerful name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, thank you so much for tuning in as we are in part three of this short series I've entitled, Remember This. As I've been telling you through these weeks, uh, there was a truth that was instilled in me as a very young child. Over and over, I'd hear my grandparents say it, hear relatives say it, and that was simply, they would say, Chris, always remember, remember, don't give up, pray about it. God will get you through it. Week one, we talked about the first part of that sentence, and that is, don't give up don't give up. And we look back at Galatians 6 verse 9 that says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And in that sermon, we talked about how that part of what we can do, and one of the most powerful things that we can do is simply cling to Christ and He will never let go of us. And that is a promise that He has made. Last week, we talked about Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, and there we learned how that we need to transfer our trust to God and rely on His supernatural peace in every circumstance that we walk through. Today, I want to talk about the short phrase at the end, and that is, God will get you through it. No matter what you're going through, I believe that God can get you through it. In Mark chapter 4, there's a powerful story starting in about verse 35 and going to verse 31. One day Jesus is teaching and doing ministry among the people. And he says to the disciples, let's all get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake or the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And the text tells us that Jesus got in the boat with the disciples and then Jesus fell asleep. And while Jesus was sleeping, the text says that a storm came up, a fierce storm came up. But Jesus was asleep, and the disciples had a moment of sheer panic, a moment of panic. And they shouted out to Jesus, and they said, Teacher, don't you care that we are drowning? At that point, Jesus got up, and the text says he rebuked the wind and the waves. He said, Silence or peace, be still. And the text says there was a great calm. And in that moment, the disciples, who were absolutely terrified, they said, Who is this man? Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? This week, I want to start out like we have the previous two weeks with, with a common problem that we all have. And one of the problems that we have in life is that we simply cannot see our way out of the problems we are in. Many times we find ourselves in a situation in life and we're just not sure how we're going to get out of this situation. 
Have you ever been there? Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you find yourself in the middle of a storm in life and you're not sure how you're ever going to get out of it. I think this is how the disciples felt in Mark chapter 4. In Mark chapter 4 verse 37, it says, But soon, as they were out on the lake, but soon a furious, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. In this moment, I believe this was a moment of sheer panic. Think about the scene. The disciples are probably rowing along. Jesus is asleep on a cushion. A lot of people, probably a smaller boat, wind, water, waves start coming into the boat. I believe this was a moment of paralyzing fear. And so many times that's what fear does to us. When fear all of a sudden comes out of nowhere, just like this storm, it's as if that fear can paralyze us. And many times we find ourselves saying exactly what the psalmist said in Psalm 143 verse 4. He said, I am losing all hope. I am paralyzed with fear. And again, I think we've all been there. We've all had those moments when something unexpected happens, when something suddenly happens in our life, and it's as if that fear paralyzes us. I remember back last year, Emily and I, we bought our first boat. It's just a small fishing boat, but we were so proud of it, and we were excited to get out on the water. And so after we brought the boat home, uh, we wanted to take it out as soon as we could. And I think it was the next day we went out. And that morning we got up, we checked everything, we hooked the boat up, it, everything was great. Everything was great. And we took off and we headed to Decatur, Alabama, and there's a, a place there called Ingalls Harbor. Whenever we pulled up this big boat ramp where a lot of boats can put in, even at one time, we pulled up and I noticed that there's only one other car, uh, truck and boat out there. And I thought, well, that's odd. That's odd. But it's okay. Everything's fine. I checked the weather. The rain was supposed to hold off, not come till that afternoon. We should be fine. We backed the boat in, put the boat in. I got Emily and Eddie Ray in the boat, and I started to leave the harbor. And then that's when I realized something was not right. I checked the weather. It was not supposed to rain till that afternoon. But the one thing I did not check was the wind speed and the wind speed was blowing in a storm that was supposed to come in that afternoon and me being my first time out on my brand new boat I did not think to check it. Now on that day the good news is I did not get very far. As soon as we got out of the harbor there the the waves were huge. The, the front of the boat was going high in the air and it was coming down and water was splashing up and we quickly turned around and took the boat back in. But sometimes in life we find ourselves in a place where Maybe the waves are coming and we really do not know what to do. We find ourselves maybe waking up in the morning, staring in the mirror saying, how in the world am I going to get through this? Some of you right now may be experiencing those kind of waves in your life. Maybe you're experiencing waves of sickness right now. Maybe you're experiencing waves of debt right now. Maybe you're experiencing waves of relational conflict right now, or maybe waves of a job loss right now. I'm not sure what waves you're experiencing, but I know they're out there. And from time to time, we all find ourselves engulfed in waves where we're just not sure how we're going to get out of it. Whenever we find ourselves in one of those moments, 
a verse that I would encourage you to remember. It's Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2 says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When we experience the waves of life, many times the question that we're asking is, what do we do? What can we do in these moments? I think the first disciples here teach us a very important lesson. We see it in verse 38, but here's the practice that I want to give to you. The practice is never stop being honest with God. Whatever you do, never stop being honest with God. When we're experiencing the ways of life and we're not sure how we're going to get out of uh, what we're going through, simply be honest. Here's what the disciples did in Mark 4, verse 38. The text says that Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. He was taking a good nap. The disciples woke him up, the text says, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are drowning? Do you not care? We are literally going to drown. Now, this was far from a pretty public prayer. This prayer was a desperate plea that seemed to be directed at a very unconcerned Savior who happened to be sleeping in the boat. But this was a prayer of raw honesty, absolute honesty. It got me thinking. You know, many times the people that we are the most honest with in life are actually the people that we are the most comfortable with in life. Many times those in our life who are the closest to us, that we are the most comfortable with, those are the ones that we will truly and really bear our soul to, really talk about the raw, deep emotions that we are feeling. And that raises a question for us, and that question is, how comfortable are we really with God? How comfortable are we really with God? Are we comfortable enough to be absolutely honest whenever we're experiencing the storms of life, when the waves seem to be crashing into our boat, are we comfortable enough to be very honest, even in those moments when we feel like God does not care? Let me ask the question in a little different way. I would ask it this way. What is your perception of God? What is your perception of God? You know, how you perceive someone will determine how you receive that person because perception determines reception. And so for you, is God distant, far off, or is God close? Is God close? Is God angry at you or does God want the best for you? Is God indifferent to you and what's going on in your life or do you see God as incarnate and intimately involved in your life. Again, your perception of God will determine the level of willingness that you have to be honest with Him. The disciples on this day, they shouted, do you not care? Do you not care? Some of you may be asking this question right now. Some of you may have mustered up the boldness to look to heaven, to look to God and say, God, do you not care 
about what I'm going through. Some of you may be thinking this question, but maybe you're just a little too afraid to actually say it out loud. Here's the good news. I believe that God loves to hear the honest plea from a heart of panic. I believe that God loves to hear a raw, honest plea from a heart of panic because I believe that God loves to step into the chaos of our lives and speak a word of peace. What he did for the disciples on this day, I believe Jesus loves to do in our life. That when he hears us cry out in all honesty and we lay it all before him, he loves to stand up in the midst of the storm that we're going through and say, peace, be still. And, and that's exactly what Jesus did on this day. When the disciples were shouting, do you not care? The text says Jesus stood up and he said, silence, or some of your translations, peace, be still. And there was a great calm that happened on that day. Believe what Jesus did then, he loves to do now. And all he asks for from us is for us to be absolutely honest about what, what we're going through, what we're experiencing in this life. And the promise of this text, I think, is a very powerful one. The promise we see is this, is that God will always get us to the other side. When we find ourselves in the middle of a storm, when we find ourselves with waves breaking over into our boat, into our life, God's promise is that He will always get us to the other side. I believe that, love, uh, that God loves getting people through what they're going through. He loves to do that. I want you to notice that in Mark 4.36, we're told that Jesus said to the disciples, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. That verse also tells us that other boats followed along. Other boats followed along. So when Jesus told his disciples, let's get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake, other people jumped in their boats and they started going with Jesus to the other side of the lake. And then we know the story. The storm comes up. The disciples panic. They shout out to Jesus and he calms the storm. But the interesting thing is, is that in Mark chapter 5 verse 1, this story ends in Mark 4 41. In Mark 5 1, the text says, so they, meaning Jesus and his disciples, so they arrived at the other side of the lake. Whenever you get into Mark chapter 5, there's actually no mention of the other boats that followed along. Now, I don't know what happened to the other boats. I, I don't know if they sank, if they turned around and went back whenever they saw the storm coming. But what the text does tell us, and what I do know, is that the boat that Jesus was in made it to its intended destination. The boat that Jesus was in made it to where he wanted it to go. And again, I believe that God can do the same for you. I believe that when Jesus is in your boat, no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, as long as you will be honest with him, he will always get you through what you're going through. And you can know and rest assured that He will do that. What He did for them, He will do for us today. And here's the possibility. When God does this in our life time after time, when, when Jesus stands tall 
in our boat in the midst of our storms time after time and, and declares peace over and over again. The possibility is that your darkest hour in life and the dark hours that you experience, your darkest hour can be your greatest testimony. Can be those moments that you point back to and you say, look what God did. You see, when you look back into your past and you see what you did, you see what happened to you, you see what you experienced in those moments. When you look back into your past and you see what you did, that's your history. But when you look back into your past and you see what God did, that's your testimony. Those moments in which He intervened in powerful ways. And God loves, God loves communicated redemption. God loves those moments when He stands up, He declares peace, and that peace comes, and then we go tell others that what happened for me, it can happen for you. What happened in my life, it can happen in your life. And that's why the psalmist says in Psalm 40, verse 3, He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. Notice that. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And as a result of that, as a result of me singing that song, that new song, many will put their trust in Him. I love that phrase, new song. New song. A lot of times we think that when you sing a new song, it's simply a brand new song. That's not what all that word means. The word new song that we see mentioned in the Psalms also means that we sing maybe an old song, but we sing it for a new reason. We sing it for a new reason. But what the psalmist is saying to us here is in those moments when God does something in my life and I have a new reason to sing, in those moments when I sing, it's a testimony to other people. You know, as we close this out, we close out not just this sermon, but also this series that we've been in. I want to pray for two things. Two things. Number one, if you're in the middle of a storm right now, if things are going crazy in your life, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you, and my prayer is that that you would truly expect Jesus to stand up. I, I don't know when, I don't know how, but truly expect Jesus to stand up at some moment and declare peace over your life. But not only do I want to pray for that moment, I also want to pray for the moment after that. Or I want to pray for you if God has gotten you through a storm recently. You see, I believe that someone needs to hear your storm story. That God has put people in your life around you. It may be a neighbor. I don't know who. Maybe a coworker. I don't know. But God has put people around you and they need to hear your story about that moment when Jesus stood up and declared peace in your life. Because I believe that moment, that word, that story will encourage them and let them know that what God did for you, He can do for them. And so if you find yourself in a place where you're in the middle of a storm, we want to pray for that moment when God stands up and declares peace. But if God has gotten you through one, we want to pray for that moment when God allows you to share your storm story with someone else and let it be a testimony. So here's what we're going to do. I want to pray for us and pray for those two things. And then we're going to have a song of reflection. And right after that song of reflection, I'm going to come back and I want to talk about two of the most important connections you can make or have in your life. Let's pray. 
Father, in this moment we come to you. And God, I'm so thankful that you are the Prince of Peace. You are the one that stands tall in the midst of the storms of life. And you declare a word of peace. Be still. And Lord, I'm thankful that the result of that is that a great calm can come. And so for those who are right now in the middle of a storm, God, we ask that you would do that. We ask that you would stand and reign tall in their life, that you would speak your word that never returns void, and that you would bring peace to people who are seeking it. And Lord, I pray for those who are in the middle of the storm right now. I pray that they would pray to you with sheer honesty, with raw honesty, and they would make their requests known. So Lord, let us continue to do that. And Lord, may you declare your peace. Lord, I pray for those who you've recently brought through something tough in life, a storm in life, waves in life. And Lord, I thank you that you have once again made a part of their history a testimony. And so, Father, I pray for the person who needs to hear their story this week. Lord, I ask for divine appointments that you would put people in our path that we can share the good things that you have done and how you've brought peace into our life. And God, I thank you for these three weeks we've spent together. Lord, I pray that we would always remember, always remember that we don't have to give up. We don't have to give up. We can make another choice. We can cling to you. God, I pray we would always remember that we can pray to you with complete honesty and cling to Christ every day and transfer our trust to you. And Lord, I pray that we would always know that you will get us through what we're going through. We believe it and we believe you. And we pray this in the powerful name of Christ. Amen.